Now nearly 7.34. So we did get the apology from Xinjiang leader Iman He when he finally appeared before the public and apologised for the spread of COVID-19 in Korea on Monday. But the press conference didn't exactly address some of the mystery around this group itself. And, for example, why he described the outbreak as a situation caused by the devil to stop the growth of Xinjiang. Not only that, he emphasised it's not a time to play the blame game saying there's been misunderstanding. Peter Lynham is a professor emeritus of Massey University in New Zealand and studies religion and history. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure. This is, uh, if you look at the name, Shinchonji Church of Jesus, seemingly linked to Christianity. H- how different is this from, from just being another Protestant church that's, that sprung up over the last few years? Uh, this is certainly not your average Protestant church. Uh, it's, uh, well, best described as a sectarian or cultic group which uses the Bible as a sort of jump-off point and largely focuses on the book of Revelation. And the moment we run into groups that focus on the book of Revelation, usually warning, uh, warning sound in my ears, because often the most mysterious parts of the Bible become the basis of speculation. Somebody says they can explain it. And certainly Limanhi uh, focuses on his interpretation of the book of Revelation and his central place in the book of Revelation. That's not your average religious Christian approach. Is this also a, a dangerous cult? Well, I think we, we've got to be a little bit careful when we use the term dangerous, though I have used the term dangerous. What I find dangerous about it is that they disguise who they are. I mean, there's very, very extensive activities linked with Xinjiang throughout the world. Um, and in each case, they don't admit that their connections are with the uh, with Limanhi uh, until you're well ensnared in its um, various ideas. And I think that's what's profoundly dangerous about it, that any true group ought to be not deceitful about the way it describes its activities. And I'd characterize um, Xinjiang Chi's approaches as fundamentally deceitful. And therefore, they, they can catch, you know, uh, people who are not really sure of themselves, catch them up in their activities. So Imanhi, let's talk a little bit more about him before we return to the, those activities and, and the way in which people are, are snared, it seems. He's been reported as something like the second coming of Christ. Is, is that actually how he views himself? And, and can you tell us anything else that we can or should know about him? So Lehman, he has written extensively in Korean, offering interpretations of especially the book of Revelation. I've only been able to access the one that's been translated into English, which is the book, The Creation of Heaven and Earth. Um, and in this, uh, this links to his notion of uh, the tabernacle. He sees himself as the appointed third pastor of the world. So Moses is the first, Jesus is the second, and Limanhi is the third. And it's his role to 
to bring about the end of the world and to bring about the transformation of the world into the kingdom of God. And so believers in that particular approach, um, you know, are shaped by that belief. Now, the thing is that if you look carefully at Lee Man, his background, he's actually come through a sequence of Korean apocalyptic groups, groups that have emphasized the interpretation of Revelation. And at various times, he was a subscriber um, to especially the Olive Tree Group, um, which has given rise to a number of different uh, sectarian groups. And so, as now a very old man, you know, he's lived through and followed some... For example, sexually promiscuous groups uh, were a feature at one stage of the group that he belonged to. The, the, um, the, the sort of mysterious thing for me is how anyone claiming to have that status following in the footsteps of Moses and Jesus would be able to convince anyone of that. But obviously people have in the past, and we've seen religions spring up into more mainstream status. I don't really want to mention their names because I'll probably get some of their followers very upset with me. But, <laughs> I understand. Uh, but yes, there are people who've yes. come along with some very bold claims and managed to gather following and even enter mainstream. How do they do it? So they do it because people are troubled by what they can't understand. And, I mean... To me, it's very striking that Korea has become uh, a home for a very significant number of these groups that have become global. And I think it, the dates clearly show that it's after the Korean War and in that very difficult time for Korea, um, you know, as it struggled, South Korea, as it struggled to establish itself and where Christianity was displaced largely from the north and moved to the south, that it seems like these were the circumstances in which people felt unsure of where their world was going and looked for deeply religious answers. I mean, remember that Korea was shaped, um, Korean nationalism was shaped by um, quite a strong element of Protestant Christianity. And so, I mean, a lot of these groups come from those early days, the anti-Japanese um, nationalist movement, and the ways in which um, Christianity offered a way to to resist the oppressor and to seek to find some source of truth. Now, because when it's all been done secretly in an obscurity, all sorts of odd answers are thrown up. How would that then wash with people outside of that cultural context, for example, in New Zealand? Well, I think, for instance, I mean, I've looked through the census figures of the participation in groups like this because our census collects a vast amount of information um, and uh, not all of it immediately accessible, but I've, I've purchased some of this material. And it shows that, I mean, in the first instance, the recruitment of Xinjiang-Chi and of other such groups is among Koreans. So Koreans... Um, who come to New Zealand as migrants and are predominantly of Christian background. And within, say, Auckland, where there's probably about 30,000, 35,000 Koreans living, they largely congregate in very specific parts of the city. They mix extensively with one another. The, the churches are 
actually the ways in which most people connect with one another. So it would, what seems to be happening is that within that Korean subculture, uh, those who advocate for Shinjongchi and other such religious groups um, come talking quietly within the churches of what they've got to offer and of, you know, Koreans who feel displaced. This offers them some greater sense of significance. And I mean, life is very hard as a migrant. And I suspect it's to those people who are finding life hard that the, the offer of Lee Man-hee and the figure who will transcend history suddenly becomes attractive. Right. Well, it's, it's certainly an area that we could go into in far more detail. But, but Shincheonji itself now has taken on this extra dimension because of COVID-19. And in fact, Seoul City government, as we mentioned briefly earlier in the show, is, is looking to cancel a permit for a Seoul-based Shincheonji organization. Do, do you see the way this is playing out, actually is potentially bringing down the entire house? Or, or can they kind of galvanize and use this oppression as a, as a source of actual growth? I think myself that any attempt to repress religious groups generally works, in fact, to help them to grow long term. I think work, you know, Korean um, civic authorities to try to stop it, that in fact it would flourish in the face of the discontent. Now, I mean, there's one exception here is that Lee he is very elderly now. I mean, he's the Messiah, and the Messiah says he's not going to die, but he is going to die, I think, probably reasonably soon. And so the group will go through an awkward transition. Um, there is some suggestion that you know a, new, a woman has been identified as his successor, and they're they're building up a tradition around it. But you know, if you look at groups uh, repeatedly through history that have been suppressed, usually persecution has led them to develop you know new sources of strength, new sense because they flourish on opposition. They flourish on the feeling that they're being persecuted. Yeah, speaking of what you're you're just elaborating on there, uh, during his press release, there was uh, a, a lady accompanying him, assisting him, and almost directing Imani on how to answer reporters' questions, correcting. Ah, uh, that's that's very interesting because certainly, um, there's a Korean scholar, Wonil Bang, Bang Wonil, who has who has suggested that there is in fact a uh, a female successor being lined up. Yeah, so that well, that apparently is. Kim Pyong-hwa, known as his secretary. And yes. there is speculation yes. that at this point already, Iman he is something of a, of a puppet. With, I mean, I, perhaps it's oh, well, impossible to answer, but is that possible? Yes, I think that's extremely possible. Um, I mean, elderly people uh, would traditionally be not able to make strong decisions to redirect movements. And, I mean, look at, look at the, the politics about the Dung in his old age or the like. Um, uh, and, and we see that, that they're there as symbolic figures. But, in fact, the transition is taking place before they've actually died. Now, in mainstream Christianity, uh, traditional Catholic and Protestant circles, there is, of course, a call for evangelization. At what point does cult-like 
luring people in, targeting vulnerable groups become different to that and perhaps even subject to legal repercussions? Oh, well, I think misrepresentation is a critical aspect of what's going on. I, I mean, one should, there should be, if you like, in religion, a fair trading act in which uh, religions are required to declare honestly who they are. One of the aspects that very much concerns me in Xinjiang and in a number of such groups is that there's, they won't use that label about themselves in New Zealand. They, they have been deliberately obscure, and I've had some correspondence with uh, scholars in the States, and uh, similarly... There's organizations that you can only connect through names to find what their background is and who they actually are. And it seems to me that religious organizations ought to be required to own up to their identity and to their fundamental beliefs. And um, then uh, the rather disturbing events that have certainly taken place within existing churches where individuals have come in and have seemingly offered events that are consistent with that church, that in fact lead them to complete withdrawal from church, from family, from study. These things have happened in New Zealand. Perhaps at that point you could apply some legal repercussions then, if not to shutting down the group or attempting to do so as as a whole, to at least trying to prosecute people who put on pressure after manipulating people into joining a sect, if if people are willing to follow that, of course. I mean, the other issue here is if you've spent years of your life with a, with a sect, even if you start to have doubts, are you just going to walk away? What, the curious thing that happens with people who've been in a religious group is that it so, goes so deeply into their experience that leaving is leaving a family, uh, often, I mean, I, I don't want to do unfair generalizations, but but the family motif is very powerful in a group like Shinchonchi, and that's precisely why some of the things that have happened um, in connection with it have caused concern, because um, members are so, so closely linked that they don't mind getting disease from one another. Um, and um, so the process of leaving is extremely extraordinarily painful and coming out and publicly exposing it may be one way to deal with it but for most people it's a very bad way and it leaves them with well suicidal thoughts to be honest peter linen professor emeritus of massey university based in new zealand thank you so much for helping us better approach this shinchanji group uh, it's been really helpful having you on the line with us my pleasure